Hey all, and welcome to this podcast produced as part of our Activism Beyond the Classroom project on Philadelphia communities. My name is Rihanna Woodendahl, and I'm a first year PhD student in the Education, Culture and Society program at the University of Pennsylvania's Graduate School of Education. This episode is part of a three-part mini-series created by myself and my classmates. The Activism Beyond the Classroom course is a one-semester course that engages students in participatory inquiry and public scholarship related to activism, education, and social justice. In this episode, I interviewed Kalela Williams, who is, among other things, a history enthusiast with a special interest in Black history in Philadelphia. Kalela's day job, so to speak, is her role as the director of Neighborhood Enrichment Programming at the Free Library of Philadelphia. The Free Library of Philadelphia is the 13th largest public library system in the United States and is managed as an independent collaboration between the City of Philadelphia and the Free Library of Philadelphia Foundation. The library was officially founded in 1891. I interviewed Kalela at the Central Library branch on Vine Street, which opened in 1927. Today, there are approximately 55 local library branches in Philly with a massive range of services and programs. So even if you aren't looking to take out a book, the library has a lot of other ways to connect to the city and its different communities. I first came across Kalela when a classmate suggested one of her Airbnb local history tours and then again through her Facebook page Black History Maven which shares interesting events and articles related to black history in the US and the African diaspora. But we'll talk more about Black History Maven in the interview itself. As both a historian interested in public space and memory as and a newcomer to Philadelphia, I was immediately fascinated at what drove Kalela's interest in building a community around particular local histories. Kalela was incredibly generous with her time and her knowledge, and I hope you enjoy the conversation that follows. Today's interview really is just for us to uh, get a little bit of a chance to know about you and the work that you do um, related to um, African-American history in the city of Philadelphia. Um, And I thought perhaps a good place for us to start is for you to tell us a little bit about yourself, where you're from, what you do now, and um, how you got interested in Philadelphia's history. Sure. Okay, um, so we can start with um, myself. My name is Kalela Williams. Mm-hmm. I'm currently the director of Neighborhood Library Enrichment Programming mm-hmm. at the Free Library of Philadelphia. I also have a personal interest in black history, um, whether it's in Philadelphia or um, across the country and mm-hmm. really across the diaspora. Uh, and I have a social media site called Black History Maven, mm-hmm. which is um, primarily on Facebook right now, yeah. although that could be expanding. And I also do black history tours um, during the summer. Mm -hmm. I do African-American history tours of Philadelphia. So those are sort of the three main things that I do um, in terms of my interest in um, Mm African-American black history. Um, As far as where I'm from, I'm from Atlanta, Georgia. That's where I was raised. I lived there for 18 years until I went to college. And um, I um, 
went to college in Virginia and I spent about 12 years in Virginia before moving to Philadelphia uh, about seven years ago. I think, okay. the, I think the math is about right. <laughs> um, Historians you know, aren't always great with dates, surprisingly. Right. <laughs> yes. um, uh, let's see. So as far as my interest in Philadelphia, mm -hmm. um, and, uh, and I think you asked about my interest in Philadelphia's history mm -hmm. specifically. Okay. So as far as my interest in Philadelphia, um, well, there's, there's the embarrassing answer, and then there's the, the I guess, the non-embarrassing answer. The embarrassing answer is that when I was about 12 or 13 years old, mm -hmm. I read a teenage romance, a teenage historical romance about an enslaved girl mm -hmm. who, uh, she was about 15 or 16 years old, and she had to, um, she escaped, mm -hmm. and she went to Philadelphia, mm -hmm. and she ended up with a Quaker, a white Quaker family. Yeah. She also ended up meeting a young man who mm. was from a uh, well-to-do catering family, and she's um, sort of exploring this Philadelphia neighborhood, uh, which I later came to know was the Seventh Ward. Mm -hmm. And um, and and I just thought, well, is this real? <laughs> Did this really happen? Is this <laughs> because my my understanding of African American history had been very different? So mm -hmm. um, that's the sort of um, embarrassing answer. Um, the non-embarrassing answer would be that when I was, um, one of my, one of my many jobs that I've had was I worked in, um, admission for the mm -hmm. University of Virginia and okay. I worked in outreach admission for them. So my job was to, um, was to help bring in diverse students into mm -hmm. the university. My job was also to subversively, subversively to, um, help students think about college, mm -hmm. uh, whether or not they wanted to attend UVA or not. Mm -hmm. So it was essay writing workshops to help you write the best essays that you can. Uh, it was workshops for counselors and teachers on writing the best recommendations that you can. Mm -hmm. It was um, workshops for parents on financial aid and, and demystifying that process. So a lot of the work that my department did under a very just wonderful director of, mm -hmm. um, within that outreach department was to um, get students who wanted to go to college into college yeah. and so one of the places that I visited um, that I would do um, uh, outreach visits uh, was Philadelphia okay. and I was really excited when I was assigned in fact I pushed to have Philadelphia assigned in part because I wanted to explore this thing that I'd read about when I was a teenager <laughs> <laughs> and so um, and so here I am um, in Philadelphia and I'm having a chance to um, you know obviously I'm busy yeah. and going to fairs and going to schools and etc cetera, etc cetera, but you know you always have a few yeah. some off hours and you have time to look around and explore and read and learn and and, um, and that's what I did so that was very much uh, a thing that brought me to Philadelphia later when I yeah. had an opportunity to move here. But I think I think the the embarrassing answer is actually really important because it shows like the impact that particularly like fiction and novels can have on the way that people think about history. Right. Um, I just read Homegoing um, yeah. and yeah. as someone moving from Africa to uh, to America it's been that was there's a chapter there about Philadelphia as well and yeah. that really got me excited in the same or in a similar way um, so I think that like the role of representing black history in in fiction particularly by black writers is something that also is needs a lot of um, platform I guess. that's exactly yeah. right yes um, and so can you tell us a little bit about Black History Maven and how that came about sure. and yeah, and what, and what you do in particular, you sure. mentioned the tours and yeah, so, um, Black History Maven was, um, I started it in January of 2019, so okay. um, less than a year old. It's about a year old and it basically was, I, I found myself always posting things on, on Facebook on my own personal mm -hmm. account about, you know, like 
articles or this or that. And at one point I thought, gosh, I just like sound repetitive about mm-hmm. like, oh, I found this and it's cool, which is fine. There's nothing wrong with that. But I thought, you know, what if there's a platform where I could just, what if instead of this being tied to my personal account, this is tied to something that's a little broader and that anyone can access. And so I thought of Black History Maven in the sense of a maven is an expert. Uh, I'm an amateur. I'm not trained. Yeah. I'm not a trained historian by any measure, but um I wanted to I wanted to sort of demystify history. My, mm-hmm. my thought was to demystify history. My thought was to um, post articles, and it's mostly Black History Mason Maven is mostly articles. But I try to put a little blurb before mm-hmm. each one to sort of give the reader a glance of what's being covered. And sometimes I'm, I'm more descriptive, and sometimes I'm not. But I try to like get people in and get yeah. people talking. And sometimes it's successful, and sometimes it's not. I've also done um, uh, events through Black History Maven. Yeah. And that sprang from um, my work at the library, actually. I've done a lot of African-American interest events. But, of course, you know, there's many other things that I do at the library and many other worthy things that that are under my work purview. But there are some things I wanted to do that just wouldn't fit into the Mm -hmm. library series of programming. And I thought, well, you know, I can do this on my own. Um, And so the tours um, sprang from the idea of... um, Actually, they sprang from the idea of Jane's Walk, which is Mm -hmm. a national... Um, a really an international endeavor um, of walks. Um, usually, I think the first weekend of May, but they're walks led by different people within the communities who mm-hmm. are uh, sort of amateur experts or sometimes professional experts on whatever it is. And they are um, they are named after the urbanist uh, Jane Jane Jacobs. Um, okay. So they're um, so they're called Jane's Walk, and they happen all across the the world um, actually. Uh, and so I was asked to do one on. Um, you know, someone suggested Black History, so I did the Seventh Ward. And I also realized that there was a platform to do that on Airbnb experiences. Mm-hmm. I was like, well, I could do this, you know, um, on Airbnb experiences for tourists, for people who are visiting Philadelphia and show them a different side of Philadelphia. Um, and so that became something that I did. But I also thought, well, I don't have to just do this for Jane's Walk. Um, yeah. So I did the Jane's Walk um, in May, mm-hmm. I think. I think it was May. And 60 people... Wow. It was crazy. <laughs> it was insane. I, I, I'm like, how am I going to do a tour for 60 people? Fortunately, one of the people on my tour um, was named Bob Skiba, and he is one of the, he's a leader. He's, I think, the president of the um, Association of Philadelphia Tour Guides. Mm-hmm. He's also a tour guru. I mean, okay. there's nobody who knows how to do tours better than Bob Skiba. Um, he happened to just be on my tour just as a, you know, you know, hello, Checking I'm it here. out. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And so he was just sort of giving me advice along the way, like, okay, pull the people in an alley and maybe stand up on this thing to make yourself. So he was, and just him being there was very comforting. Yeah. But I did realize um, after the Jane's Walk, I thought, well, there is an opportunity. There are people who want to do these things. Mm-hmm. There are people who want. And so during the summer, I offered a, um, a free African-American tour of the Seventh Ward. Mm-hmm. And then later in the summer, I also offered a free African-American tour of Old City. Mm-hmm. It's looking at familiar landmarks, the landmarks we see all the time, that we see in textbooks, and you know that we saw when we were kids, all the field trips. Looking at that from an African-American interest perspective, mm-hmm. looking at that from the perspective of slavery and freedom. Mm-hmm. So um, so that's really what, what uh, sparked an interest in that. And then the last thing I did with Black History Maven most recently was... Um, there is a uh, there's another Facebook page called mm-hmm. African American Nature Parks Experience, mm-hmm. and this person called on women across the country to organize walks in Harriet Tubman's honor mm-hmm. because Harriet Tubman was a great organizer, obviously, yes. and uh, she also traveled <laughs> a lot, and so um, uh, the idea was getting folks outside. 
to honor Harriet Tubman. Mm. And so I work with Bartram's Garden, who's mm -hmm. wonderful about, uh, sure, you want to bring a bunch of people over here? I actually thought 20 people would sign up. Mm -hmm. Oh my gosh, it was, it was insane. It was insane how many people signed up and how yeah. many people came. It was absolutely incredible. And I think I remember that day, the weather wasn't like super fantastic that weekend. Yeah. So um, the fact that people showed up, even yeah. though the weather was a bit dicey, adds to them. It was, it, you know, it was dicey that Saturday. And then yeah. the, the walk was on a Sunday so and it was actually... Wonderful. It, that, it, that, yeah, it yeah. cleared up for us. So it was really amazing. And so many people mm. brought their children. That's what I was so excited about. I was excited that a lot of people brought kids mm -hmm. and the families came together. That was really comforting. Mm -hmm. um, so I think you've touched on it a little bit. You've mentioned tourists and families, but who are the main audiences that participate in, um, in the events that you've sure. run through Bla uh, Black History Maven? Through Black History Maven and African-American interest events at the library, I would say it would be... Um, if I had to make a, a guess, I would say the dem demographics would be primarily women, mm -hmm. um, primarily African-American women, and primarily the ages of, say, 30 to 45. Okay. Um, sometimes that skews a little bit upward, upwards with some of the free library events, but mm -hmm. um, if you look at my Facebook um, mm -hmm. you know, stats, yeah. then it's definitely, those are definitely the demographics. They don't okay. give you um, stats as far as um, ethnicity, but they do yeah. give you stats. And just anecdotally, I can see yeah. that. Yeah. And and on most of um, the people that come to your events, are they do they seem like they're local Philadelphians? Are they tourists? Are they visiting the city? Almost all Philadelphian. Although okay. the Harriet Walk was really interesting because I had a few people. There was a conference happening in Atlanta. And okay. So I had a couple of people who were just uh, the Inquirer ran a a, a promotion, uh, not a promotion, but they ran an ad, uh, not an ad, an article about things to do in Philadelphia to celebrate Harriet Tubman's uh, okay. the release of Harriet Tubman. And so um, a few people just happened to pick that up, and they were like, "Oh, I heard about this thing," and <laughs> um, decided to come. So that was interesting. Cool. Um, and from. I mean, you, you mentioned that this started kind of building out of your personal interest and mm -hmm. in, in sort of out of the work that you've done here at the library. Why is it important to you that events like this are happening sure. um, when, you know, Philadelphia is a city that has so much dedicated to history and there's sure. so much history here. Um, why do you think something like Black History Maven is needed um, and who's it needed by? Mm -hmm. Well, we can start, that's a good question, and we can start locally thinking about Philadelphia. Philadelphia is called the city where America began because, mm -hmm. of course, of the Declaration of Independence and the Continental Congress and all that stuff. And that's great. All the things that we learned about um, in, uh, you know, our U.S. history class when we're, you know. Um, but we don't learn, we don't learn the other stories. We mm -hmm. learn about enslavement in the South. We don't learn mm -hmm. about enslavement in Philadelphia. And the yeah. fact is there are many Philadelphians who didn't know that A, slavery existed in mm -hmm. Pennsylvania, and B, that it existed as long as it did, and C, that um, Quakers, who we always think of ardent abolitionists from time immemorial, were not always ardent abolitionists, in fact, participated and were major players within the mm -hmm. slave trade. So these are things that we don't know, and I think it's really important to know. I think it's important to have a complex view of history. Mm -hmm. um, I love any history, mm -hmm. and I think history is more useful more uh, engaging, more interesting when it's complicated, when it's yeah. shown in all of its complexity. I think the best way to get people engaged in history is to show it all mm -hmm. and not hide anything and not be, you know, dainty about it. Mm -hmm. So, so that's one thing. I think that, you know, just from a perspective of, do you like history? Do you want people to learn history? Then 
make it complicated. Don't make it complicated because it is complicated yeah. already, uh, but show it. Uh, so that's one thing. Um, and like I said, the, the, the idea of Philadelphia, it's complicating that narrative yeah. of the city where America began. It is the city where America began and it is to some extent like Jamestown, the city where um, one city where enslavement formed and, uh, and really shaped our economy and what that looked like. So that's really important. Um, I think that the other element of why, why this when there's so many other things going on is because people really want an affirming way to see history. Mm -hmm. We know that it's painful. We've learned that it's painful. And, and the pain is all we've really learned in black history. Yeah. You know, when we took classes about, you know, um, American history and that black history chapter was always doom and gloom and horror and terror and which is which is true or it's just shown as um, Or it's the happy darky narrative. Yeah. So it's it's one or the other but and for me growing up in a primarily african-american community It was the doom and gloom and sadness mm -hmm. and and I thought well, there's got to be something that's affirming There's got to be something that I can reach back into and find a better way to understand myself mm -hmm. and find a more um, a way of looking at this that's that reflects the pain and that and that shows the pain but also shows the joy and the love and the community and the the beauty of of african-american history specifically mm -hmm. and then of course it's looking at diasporic history mm -hmm. um it's it's looking at and i have a lot to do there i have a okay. lot to do there but we're not in a vacuum nobody's yep. in a vacuum and so and and of course we know that the history of African-American history and the history of black history is a history of all of us mm -hmm. because that every history is a history of all of us. When mm -hmm. we think about queer history, when we think about the history of Jews in America, for mm -hmm. instance, you know, this is all, this is all everyone's story. <laughs> um, I think that's a really important um, way of positioning it because I think sometimes there's this idea that we when we talk about black history we're mm -hmm. separating that from the rest of history that mm -hmm. that's kind of happening and that integrated way of of thinking about representing the complexity um, right. of of history which as you said it's not making history complex it's representing how complex our lives have always been um, right. which is which is really great um what are some of the like what are some of the feedback that you've got from um people in terms of uh you know why they've come mm -hmm. to the events that you've um organized you mentioned uh the uh, seventh ward tour and and um old city what made you select those spaces sure. um if you could speak a little bit about that sure um so speaking to the first question about what is it that people um, come away with it mm -hmm. seems that a lot of people come away with or come to this for our affirming ways to look at history mm -hmm. so um, what you know what we just talked about um, the other thing is that they're looking to fill gaps in their knowledge mm -hmm. they're looking to fill gaps of things they never knew they're looking mm -hmm. to fill um, I, I didn't learn this I didn't know this how would I know this no one taught me this uh, I had no way to easy way to read this read about this and so, and it doesn't mean that, you know, one of the things that I'd like to do is give people reading to take home and give them a book <laughs> list, like here, this is where, this is where I got all this information from. Yep. Feel free, like <laughs> go to a bookstore, go to the library, like here's a way, here's some articles. You can just yep. read this while you're on, on your lunch break. Mm -hmm. um, and so 
a lot of it is is filling gaps in their in their knowledge, and that's what I enjoy too. Yeah. I mean, I'm always learning. I, there's so many things I don't know. It's not even funny. I'm always learning, <laughs> and I love filling in gaps. I mm-hmm. love answering questions. I love answering questions I never even knew I had. That's mm-hmm. amazing. So that's I think I think those are the key takeaways that people. Um, walk away with um and also a sense of you know um people like to bond with each other and, and mm-hmm. meet people they didn't know and um, have conversations with people they didn't know so, so there's kind of making the past a like making learning about history a social event which exactly in some right. ways is a lot more fun for some people than sitting with a book and just going through the material on their own that's exactly right so i mean like for instance with the harriet walk we um i put people into groups with people who they mm. didn't know and they had to sort of walk together and and they had a list of discussion questions that they had to discuss together and they had to share the discussion questions so mm. like one person in the group had a list and they had to sort of read it aloud and that's kind of forcing people to interact mm-hmm. with folks they didn't go there with yeah. so that was kind of fun because then later of course you have you know like oh i met this person or i met this person and, and there's been some other events that I've done where people are exchanging phone numbers mm-hmm. with the library too um, yeah. I did a black nature event again at Barcham's Garden we had a literary discussion and at the end of that people had exchanged phone numbers and um, talked with one another um, it, it, so it's really fun to see people come together yeah that. Um, and I think that also helps to like I guess combat the idea that representing other stories from the mainstream history is a divisive act because I right. think in some of the some conversations it's kind of like oh why are we why are we dragging up this painful past because it's going to divide us further when in fact like your work is showing that you know it can bring people together in really meaningful ways it can absolutely mm-hmm. and um as far as the spaces um the seventh ward and old city mm-hmm. old city I think I sort of touched on that 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 has to do with um uh, turning that narrative of what we've what we're familiar with and yeah. making that um, more complex. Seventh Ward, the Seventh Ward was a place of, um, it was a major center of African-American history and African-American life during the 19th century, especially, mm-hmm. and the early 20th century. It was extremely important um, in, in terms of, my tour right now focuses on the 19th century. Eventually mm-hmm. I wanna develop one that focuses on the Great Migration, mm-hmm. um, so 1914 and on. But, um, oh, it's just, I mean, it was a place where you had folks who, um, had resources mm-hmm. and had skills, um, who had uh, jobs, who were able to, they, because of this, you have this cauldron of resources and because of this, people were able to really make a huge impact in the abolitionist movement mm-hmm. as well as just generally the black activist movement and equality in Philadelphia, equality everywhere. Mm-hmm. And I mean, my family is not from Philadelphia. My yeah. family is all from South Carolina. But in a sense, my family owes a lot to the community here in the Seventh Ward because they were working hard for this. They were working hard uh, for the abolitionist movement. Mm-hmm. They were working hard to train uh, colored troops for the U.S. colored troops um, uh, uh, when when that opened up. They were working really, hard, and they were making enormous impacts. Mm-hmm. Philadelphia Camp William Penn trained the most soldiers, uh, colored soldiers. I mean, that's that's a huge deal, and that was was part of the overall war effort that yeah. might have actually had some influence and in, I mean of course historians can debate this to death yeah there are some who think that it was when Lincoln authorized colored troops yeah. that, that the tide began to change so I mean my family my southern enslaved family mm-hmm. <laughs> owes a lot to to this to this movement that was happening here and I, I think that's also um a useful way of thinking about how local histories 
are not just for the locals of a space, but That's actually right. understanding how you know our different local histories fit together to tell a more complex and connected history of the United States or even the the world, if you want to think about diasporic histories That's exactly and so right. on. Um, then just more on like I guess I mean all of this has been fun, but uh, sort of fun tips. What are sort of two really interesting pieces of history that you were surprised to find out about in the research that you've done sure. that you'd like to share? Sure. So um, I'll start with one that I've talked about a lot because mm -hmm. it, it just really resonated. Um, and that is, um, that is the diaries of a woman named Emily mm -hmm. Davis. Before I moved to Philadelphia, I learned that there were diaries in existence that belonged to a woman in her mid twenties, mm -hmm. African American woman living in Philadelphia, who was free, um, mm -hmm. as most women were during the. This was during the eighteen sixties. Most mm -hmm. um, by then, uh, really, really all of African American Philadelphia was was legally um, free for the most part. Um, there might have been some tiny exceptions, but mm -hmm. historians generally say the eighteen forties is when the last enslaved person was um, freed in Philadelphia. But in any case. Um, Emily Davis, I found out these diaries existed at the Historical Society of Philadelphia, mm -hmm. of Pennsylvania. And I thought, oh my gosh, I have to, I have to take a look at these. Um, I found out that they were in original handwriting and I was mm -hmm. like, oh my God, I'm never going to be able to. But maybe one day when I move to Philadelphia, I'm just going to like sit there for hours and hours and hours. So here I am. I finally moved to Philadelphia mm -hmm. and I find out that someone has already transcribed the diaries. Uh, her name is Dr. Judith Giesberg from Villanova mm -hmm. University, and uh, she was doing a panel discussion at the Historical Society of Pennsylvania, and I thought, okay, we are going to that. So I cleared the schedule, went mm -hmm. to that. It was just incredible. She and her students, um, she had a, a group of students who, who uh, transcribed these diaries and mm -hmm. also annotated them, so providing details about, okay, this and this and this, and so uh, she had a book that, uh, of course, I promptly bought, mm -hmm. read, uh, Another historian, Carsonia Wise Whitehead, mm -hmm. also transcribed the diaries as well. There are some differences, yeah. um, sort of, you can, and because of the diaries are also digitized, you can also <laughs> kind of look for yourself uh, and take a look at them. That was just incredible. That's like, because you see a 24-year-old woman, mm -hmm. 24, 25, 26, living during the Civil War, yeah. making a living as a seamstress, um, and she is so many of us in the sense of she's going out with boys, mm -hmm. she's, um, you know, she has tiffs with her friends, you know, she sometimes has little arguments with her friends, or she wonders, are we still friends, what's happening? She's going out for ice cream, she's sitting to have her portrait taken, her portrait, mm -hmm. she's sitting for photographs, um, she's bored with her job sometimes, or she's stressed out about money. Mm -hmm. uh, but there's a lot of things that I would never have to worry about. Yeah. like tuberculosis <laughs> so that's a thing that 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 happens um where she loses people in her life mm -hmm. due to illness and that's something that of course you know we all that happens but young people you know yeah. she's she's losing she loses a young nephew she loses mm -hmm. her sister-in-law um she loses her brother so mm -hmm. um uh, she so so those are things that uh, okay, the Civil War is raging, and then um, the Army of the Potomac is marching up to Gettysburg and kidnapping African Americans as mm -hmm. contraband, selling them into to enslavement. And she's terrified because her mm -hmm. father lives out there, and she cannot call her father and say, are you all right? She's waiting for a letter. Of course he can't write. He's... Yeah. And so these are the things that, that she is 
these are the things that occupy her mind. Mm-hmm. And that to me was like so real mm-hmm. and amazing. So I think as far as a tidbit from history, yeah. that would be. And I think it, it's amazing how, you know, you're able to have access into thoughts and yeah. experiences and that like lived human experience, which, which often I think gets lost when we think about history with a capital H or something that's, right. that's happened in the past and there were these key players but you forget that you know they have these worries about tips with their friends and and romances and all of those things so um i think the the one other question that i wanted to ask is kind of how do you uh you mentioned that black history maven is quite uh, a recent development Mm -hmm. um what are your hopes for its development what would you what are projects you'd like to see happening um and yeah So I've always been interested in living history, in Mm -hmm. any living history, and there was never a push when I was growing up and we went to these Mm -hmm. museums, there was never a push for African-American living history. Now that's changing big time. Can you just elaborate on what living history is? So living history is the sort of campy thing that many, well, the thing that many people think is campy, and it's because it's been badly done sometimes, but it's wearing what people of a different period would have worn. It's addressing people sometimes in a way from that period, sometimes in first person, sometimes in third person. So, but it's but it's it's going inside of history to explain. <laughs> so, kind of an embodiment of a, right. a period. Yeah. yeah. So, when you think about Colonial Williamsburg, yeah. that is living history. When you think about um, uh, when you think about places like that, uh, Plymouth, you know, and again, yeah. it can be really badly done sometimes. It can mm-hmm. be like, oh, uh, whoa, and it's really stupid, and that's why a lot of times people have a really bad impression of it. Mm-hmm. But I'm interested in it because I've always been interested in the material culture mm-hmm. of what people did and what they wore and how they would have gone about their day-to-day life. So if I'm wearing something, what does that say about about me? And so that's one of the things that I've been looking to explore. Um, I, did a, I did a program a few years ago at Old Sturbridge mm-hmm. Village in Massachusetts. They had a sleepover night where you could dr- they would put you in a, an 1820s uh, a t- a dress and you would uh, do chores <laughs> and you cook dinner and you had to like learn a trade. Yeah. And so I was like, okay, sure, I'll go do this. Uh, so I, I paid them some money and went over and uh, they put me in a, a, and the first thing I was really surprised about was the dress didn't have any, um, it, I had to secure it with pens and I'm just sort of like, what, where are the oh, buttons? Wow. There's no buttons. And they're like, no, there weren't buttons. Those didn't come into play until the 1850s, 1860s. And I'm like, really? What? Are you kidding? Like, I mean, for soldiers they did, yeah. but for like regular people, women did not wear, they wore pens because also women had pregnancies a lot. Yeah. So, um, pens were just, it, it was just easier to adjust yeah. something mm-hmm. when, and so like, those were really surprising things. And I'm just like, what? Um, and I had to cook, a, I had to cook food over a, fireplace (laughs) Um, and it was in the way you know I thought I felt really connected to as I'm sitting here sweltering Mm -hmm. um, uh, roasting coffee beans because we had to roast green coffee beans in order to I feel this connection to like this is what women did yeah Um, enslaved free this is what women did like (laughs) and it's hot and it's uncomfortable and there's little fireplace so in any case, that's something that I've been interested in doing. Um, I had an opp- another opportunity most recently mm-hmm. with the Museum of the American Revolution. They did a huge event in September, and uh, they asked. I had mentioned my interest in doing mm-hmm. this, and they asked. Uh, they were like, "Okay, if you want to uh, borrow some of our attire." Uh, so I so I did. Um, I had a stays, mm-hmm. which is basically a corset. Mm-hmm. Um, but the idea of stays is that they keep you, you know, they, they align your posture a little bit. Um, and I wore full 
down to the shoes. I borrowed shoes. I had a bonnet. I had a cap on my, I mean, everything was um, everything. In the period of time, like uh, dress. That's exactly mm-hmm. right. Yeah, no makeup. Um, you know, um, I wear my hair natural, so that wasn't a problem. But I, you know, yeah. uh, kind of penned it up underneath the cap. I mean, I did everything that was you know, that would have been from that period. And that was, and I talked to people. Mm-hmm. I talked about African-American history. I usually was in third person, but mm-hmm. it was just an interesting way to, to talk mm. to people. I can so, imagine. Yeah. yeah, so that's something, in, in terms of the big projects, that's something that I'm looking to do more of. I, mm-hmm. I have an interest in doing more of that. Um, there's a really great person, um, Cheney McKnight, mm-hmm. who um, does something called Not Your Mama's History, and she's been doing um, interpretation for a long time. She's mm-hmm. incredible. Um, there's also um, uh, Michael Twitty, who's a culinary historian who does historic interpretation. He's mm-hmm. an African-American, Jewish, queer. Um, <laughs> All of those intersecting That's exactly right. histories. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, um, so I'm following in their footsteps. Cool. That, I mean, sounds super exciting. I'm excited to see how things develop because I'll yeah. be in Philadelphia for a while at yeah. least. Um, and then I guess to um, just bring the conversation a little bit to the some of the issues that we're dealing with in our um, activism beyond the classroom class, mm-hmm. our theme um, has really focused on the idea of erasure and um, resistance and mm-hmm. erasure and reclamation. And so can you, I mean, I see a lot of parallels and right. connections to the work that you're doing, but from the experiences that you've had uh, with Black History in Maven, um, mm-hmm. what are some of the erasures that you've noticed and how do you feel like this work is really enabling a reclamation um, or a resistance against those erasures? Sure, so I think the, I think tourism is important uh, as a way to look at um, and erasure and how that what that looks like because we have Philadelphia is one of our biggest industries is tourism yeah because that we are so known as the city where America began we are mm-hmm. the place where school groups come we're the place where um, people from everywhere come and so the idea of what are you learning in your tours and that's been addressed um, the uh, Association for Philadelphia tour guides for instance mm-hmm. is has been addressing that a little bit more um, and which is which is really awesome. Um, they recently had a panel discussion where mm-hmm. they talked specifically about that, and there were tons of folks who came. So that that I think is really important in terms of reclaiming erased history, reclaiming mm-hmm. history that was taken away or that hasn't been illuminated. Um, I have a concern about school groups because mm-hmm. I'm curious about what they learn. If they're not going on an African-American history tour, yeah. what are they learning as far as an American history tour? And, yeah. and, and not just about black folks, but also women. What are they learning about women? What are they learning about Jews? What are they learning about uh, Irish Americans? What are they learning about what are they learning about um, folks who came to early, who were here in early Philadelphia? And who were part of this of this city? Are they learning at all? Yeah. And so I think that I think that that's one element. When you have a city that is built upon tourism, mm-hmm. you have to look at every single angle. Um, and more importantly than all those groups that I mentioned, of course, you have to look at the Lenape Lenape, yeah. who were the very first, the original people, <laughs> literally the original people. Um, you have to look at. Um, knowing, for instance, okay, a matrilineal society, what does that teach us about mm. what later came, et cetera, mm-hmm. et cetera. So these are things that are just incredibly important um, when you think about erasure and reclamation. 
Thanks so much for that. Um, I know I already said I was going to ask the last question, yeah, but okay. last, last okay. question. Yeah. Um, with, you mentioned you're not a professional historian. Sure. So can you share with us just a little bit about how you go about finding out the information sure. that you use for your, for your work? Yeah, so a lot of it is... Um, a lot of it is obviously books by historians who I trust, mm -hmm. uh, or historians not who I trust, but who the field trusts. Mm -hmm. So um, uh, Annette um, um, uh, Gordon Reed, um, um, uh, Ira, um, oh my gosh, why am I forgetting his name? He just passed recently. Um, uh, um, I'm forgetting names all of a sudden. But in any case, these are historians who are just well trusted within mm -hmm. the within the field. So um, obviously. Those are the uh, David Blake, Eric Foner, um, uh, Erica. Um, uh, I always get her name mixed up. Erica Armstrong Dunbar. I mean, mm -hmm. these are folks who know their stuff and um, have done the archival work. That's exactly yeah. right. So that's one way. Um, secondary sources. Um, mm -hmm. The other way is going to the historical society, going mm -hmm. to the library company, looking at whatever I can find. Um, looking at um, the Historical Society of Pennsylvania, who I also volunteer for, mm -hmm. has an incredible collection of African-American history from Philadelphia. Mm -hmm. That's been really useful. Those are things that, um, you know, there are some things that, that many people don't even know about. Like, there might be, like, there's a letter from this guy, this uh, kid, this uh, African-American kid who's on a naval boat during the Civil mm -hmm. War. First of all, most of us don't know that during the entire Civil War, there were black folks in the Navy. That was yep. the one thing. We don't usually know that. But this kid is writing about, like, oh, we had this battle, and it was at, um, in Beaufort, South Carolina, and we killed this many people. He's exaggerating. Yeah. <laughs> and then he ends with... Um, he ends with, he's like, oh, tell everybody some hello, blah, blah, blah. And then he's like, um, we tore down the Confederate rag and replaced it. And so, like, this is like this bravado mm -hmm. from this kid who, like, it's just incredible to read this. Mm -hmm. And then he closes with, always a lover to the ladies. <laughs> <laughs> Apropos of nothing. <laughs> and it's just like, this is cool. This is cool to actually hold this. Uh, this is cool to go to the library company and see the handbook for the mm. student handbook basically for the Institute for Colored Youth, which was um, one of the most important institutions in this city and we mm -hmm. could even say a very important institution in the country. Mm -hmm. So like these are things to, to see these. And so during my tours, I show images. I have carry them yeah. like a little tablet or if it's a really large tour, I, I bring um, printouts. But yeah. um, I show people things and I also read them. Uh, I read them snippets of letters. Mm -hmm. I read them snippets of of, uh, of, of diary entries from mm -hmm. Emily Davis. I, I try to incorporate this first person history, um, and I try to find new things. Like yeah. uh, Library of Congress has letters from Rosetta Douglas, mm -hmm. uh, the daughter of, of Frederick Douglas, who lived in Philadelphia for a little bit. She hated it. Mm. So, <laughs> you know, those are things that I transcribed that. I mean, yeah. I'm sure other people have too, but yeah. I, I haven't been able to find that in the book. Yeah. So I went on, looked at the digital records, transcribed them. And those are, that's kind of an ongoing project. I mean, those are things, I'm always finding out new things. Mm -hmm. And I try to um, use primary sources to lift mm -hmm. what I know and yeah. to make it more interesting. I mean, I, I think the, just the stories you've shared in like our conversation have been really good in, in sort of doing that job of like lifting up the idea of history as being full of these characters who mm -hmm. like really were you know full-blooded and yeah. colorful and but strange in, in some comments and that sort of thing so um 
yeah i think lastly if people want to find you and follow you and sure. keep an eye on um you know what you're doing mm -hmm. um maybe join in in some of the living history projects sure. once you get them off the ground uh, where should they look for you blackhistorymaven.com is going to be up very soon Ooh. Uh, probably this week. So, <laughs> oh wow, that's such good timing for our podcast. <laughs> yes, yeah. Uh, so uh, BlackHistoryMaven.com. I have the domain name, and I just need to uh, set that up. So that's going to be my weekend project. Fantastic. Yeah. So uh, BlackHistoryMaven.com is where to go. Cool. <laughs> Once the weather starts getting a little bit better, I'll definitely be joining you. So, yeah, um, no, absolutely. Thank you so much for your time um, and for sharing. Um, if there is anything else you want to add, um, now's the time to do it. And otherwise, we'll we'll wrap up. Um, no, I don't have anything to add except thank you and, um, and Black History Matters. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's a good uh, point to end on. <laughs>